Hello and welcome back to the Full Out Podcast. It's Sam, your host, and I am so happy you are back. Today's interview is a juicy one. It's with my friend Ruby, who is an Akashic Records channel. And don't worry if you have no idea what that is, she's going to explain it all. So let me give you a little background on Ruby. She began as a brand strategist at ad agencies in New York and LA, but after eight years and a baby, corporate burnout, and postpartum depression, it led her on a deep spiritual journey that opened her eyes to the magic and the mysteries of the universe. Through this journey, Ruby quickly discovered the power of the Akashic Records, where she has received profound healing and wisdom. She now offers transformative guidance to clients through their Akashic Records. And again, I promise she's going to explain it all. We dive in to so many things. We dive into being a go-getter, a ambitious woman who wants to have it all and then motherhood slowing you down. She talks about having a child on the spectrum. She talks about being secretly miserable and hating her life, but not getting the support, not accepting it. And then the shift that she experienced when she finally tapped into her own wisdom and the wisdom of the Akashic records. She talks about what the Akashic records are, how to listen to your soul, how to listen to your spirit guides, your guardian angels and communicate with them and how to really step into your intuition and how it's available for everyone. I am obsessed with obsessed with this woman. We actually met at a wedding years and years and years ago and we reconnected and I was like, I've got to have you on the podcast because I know so many women are going to not only relate and connect, but also be inspired and experience healing. So without further ado, here is Ruby. Welcome to the Full Out Podcast, where you'll get tools, tips, and inspiration to start living your most passionate, expansive, and abundant life. I'm your host, Samantha Jo Harvey, professional dancer and group fitness trainer turned lifestyle entrepreneur, speaker, and women's empowerment coach. It is my mission to help women live their lives full out. No more surviving your days, playing small, or marking your way through life. It's time to let go of your blocks, step into your power, and own that you are worthy of having everything you want in your life, business, and relationships. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Ruby, oh my gosh, welcome to the Full Out Podcast. I'm so excited you are here. And the first question I like to ask everyone, it's called the Full Out Podcast. So what does it mean to you to live your life full out? Oh, that's such a good question. Okay. This has evolved over time as I think it should. Um, (laughs) But for me right now, um, I would say it is fully living like from my heart, 100%. Like that is full out. And that's a whole thing that we could probably get into a little bit as well. But I, um, I just started really doing that last year. And it's like recognizing the shift of what it even means to live from your heart. Cause I think we hear that a lot and are like, we still do it from our heads. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's like, I did a lot of sort of embodiment work, a lot of divine feminine work. And like, now I finally feel like I can say that I, I pretty much always move from a place of heart and that pretty much guarantees that it's going to be a full out experience. Mm, okay. Well, I feel like there's like, you just put us on this major like cliffhanger. So why don't we go into your journey? What, what has your journey looked like? What did motherhood do? What's the spiritual journey? How have you gotten to this point and fill us in girl? Yeah. Well, it's been quite the journey. 
as it has for all of us. I know that, <laughs> but this is why I think it's like some of the most interesting stories to share. I love hearing about people's um, sort of awakenings for lack of a better term. Um, for me, I, you know, I've shared this a couple of times, but like mine really started through motherhood. Um, and it was having my first son back in 2014, I think it was. Yes, 2014. Um, I don't know. I was just kind of, you know, living the, the regular life where like everything from the outside looked fine and great. Like, you know, I was working in advertising. I kind of freelanced for a couple of years. I finally had like just stepped out of even freelancing to really give myself a chance to like start my own businesses because I had all these creative passions and like visions and I just, I was like, no, I'm not freelancing any, anymore. I'm going to concentrate hundred percent on that. And, um, I gave it my all, I kind of started this like travel related business and it got a lot of like traction and momentum right away. It was like very well received. And then I want to say like less than six months after I started that, I got pregnant, which was great. And we were planning that, um, it was like what we wanted, <laughs> but I think I didn't expect everything that would come with pregnancy in terms of like how much you have to slow down. And I think a lot of women don't fully expect that. We're so used to like, go, especially if you're, especially if you're like a go-getter type of person, like you're just like, nothing's going to slow me down. Nothing's going to stop me. <laughs> like, I'm just going to like push through, you know? Um, but it was so different. I mean, my morning sickness, like the whole first trimester was awful. I was so like nauseous, just curled up in a ball. So I pretty much couldn't do anything like much of anything those three months. Um, so that was a bummer. And it like, really, I felt like it really slowed me down from all this traction that I had, but you know, then I had my child and then you have all these plans too, where you're like, Oh yeah. And then after I had the baby, like, it'll be like a few months. And then I'm just going to like, get right back on <laughs> all these plans that we make. Um, and it just was not like that. Like I, it was a really, really big struggle with my first. And I, um, you know, looking back, I think, yes, I did have like postpartum depression. I do think a lot of moms do. And we just like, truly don't know it. Cause we're just like, oh, it's just an adjustment period. Like, <laughs> but so I was very depressed and staying home alone for the first, like at least six months, um, every day. And I just, I know now that like, that's not for me, everybody's different, <laughs> but I'm like, I cannot do that. Like it just, the, the, constant like schedule and sort of the repetition of things is just so anti like how I am. <laughs> um, so that was really difficult. And then at the same time, my husband was like also simultaneously going through a pretty deep depression. Again, neither of us really even acknowledged at the time, like didn't know. <laughs> we were just like, oh, things suck. We feel miserable. <laughs> um, so he was really depressed. That's like balancing a very high pressure job at the time. So it was like working a ton. I was, which left me by myself a ton, um, juggling a lot of like personal family crises. It literally just felt like everything crashed in on us. Like the ceiling was just caving in and we were drowning. And I really struggled with my son and like long story short, later around age three, he was technically diagnosed as being on the spectrum. Um, which then looking back, I was like, oh my God, at least there's an explanation for how much I was struggling and how challenging everything was because as a first time mom, you're just like, oh, it's just me. It's me. Like I'm doing something wrong. So that added to it all. Um, so I went about two years, I would say just sort of like pretending, like trying to put on the face, like everything was fine. I felt guilty for like saying anything because a lot of my friends and like people close to me at the time wanted nothing more than to have a baby. And were like, trying to have a baby and just like so many people around me, like so badly wanted the things that I supposedly had. 
like the husband and a nice house and like, it just like everything was fine. So I just felt like I couldn't complain. And two years is a very long time to be like very, very miserable. I probably said, I hate my life in my head to myself, like every 30 minutes of the day, all day long. I don't even know how many times I said it to myself. So I finally went to therapy and all this stuff realized I was just looking for peace of mind. And then the interesting part that kind of kicks me into this spirituality stuff um, is I had this life-changing tarot reading when on my 35th birthday, I like had the instinct to go on my birthday, went there, shout out to Bardo Tarot in LA. She's amazing. Erin. I love her. And it was crazy. Like it was a very pivotal reading. It was very profound. Like she talked about like huge life themes. And the whole point was like, you, this is like a very pivotal time in your life. And it sounded so positive, <laughs> you know, it was like, oh my God, like everything's just going to turn around and be amazing. And so I left there like so hopeful. And I was like, everything's going to change. So then like three months later, I was like, holy shit, like nothing has changed. In fact, everything feels worse. <laughs> Like I hit my rock bottom about three months after that, where I was like, I cannot go one more minute, like pretending and like not getting support, not telling anyone that how miserable I actually am. So I hit my wall and I was pissed. I remember I was so pissed. I was like, everybody lied to me. The universe fucking lied. (laughs) I was like, the tarot reading was like bullshit. Like everything feels so much worse. Um, And then I had this inkling, like I took a bath that night, I think. And I just got this hit to like, go back and re-listen actually to the reading, like to a couple of my past readings. And so I listened to like, listening to the two of them in a row, somehow just like, it was like a switch just flipped. And it was such a huge aha where I suddenly was like, oh my God, like I get it. Like something about listening to those just like put all the pieces together for me. And I was like, I finally get it. Like I get why my life is the way it is. I get why it has been so hard and why everything feels so hard. And like at the core, I realized that it felt like that because I had accepted that like, this is just the version of life that I, that, that I had to take, like, like, this is it. I just have to accept it. There's nothing I can do. I felt powerless. I was like, this is the the hand that I've been dealt. And I think also as an ambitious person, like I said, with a lot of plans, also part of my depression was like, I thought from all this conditioning and society and like ancestral stuff that like, oh, to be a good mom, I have to forget about myself. I don't matter anymore. I was like, my dreams don't matter anymore. My desires and my feelings don't matter. So it's like, of course I was fucking depressed. Like who would not be depressed? (laughs) Like if you believe that. So I was like, oh, I just got to give up, like give up all the, the dream of the life I wanted. Like this is it. And then I had this like switch flip where I was like, oh my God, I get it. Like I can just choose. I can decide that this is not the life that I want. And I feel like my husband and I were in a similar boat because he's very creative and he had a lot of visions for himself too. And he just thought like, oh, I'm a dad now. And now my job, my sole job is to just provide and have a stable job. Like, like nothing else matters. Right. So we both like gave up on ourselves and we couldn't, if I look back now, I'm like, there's no trace of like our authentic selves in that life that we're living. Like everything about it was like what we were supposed to do on this straight and narrow traditional path. And like, none of it worked for us. I was like, none of this is for us. (laughs) um, So we just lost ourselves in it. And yeah, the moment I realized that I was like, oh, like we can change things. We can just make a choice and be like, this is not what I want. I'm going to start making changes. Um, And I just, this like 
huge feeling of just gratitude, like overwhelming gratitude, like washed over me. And I was like, like, especially with my son. And like, the sad part is to say, you know, to be totally honest, like I spent those two years, not really being able to feel like barely any of the joy of like having a kid, because all I could feel was this crushing weight of responsibility. And it felt like a burden as horrible as that sounds. Like all I could feel was the burden of like what I was doing and like how I had to give up everything. And so now I felt this gratitude where I was like, oh my God, he's the reason like he, his arrival is the reason that I'm like evolving. Like I'm growing. It's like my soul. I just connected with my soul again. And I was like, I get it. It's like, my soul is growing through him and I wouldn't step up and make these changes if it wasn't for him. And so I felt such gratitude. And ever since then, it was like my whole energy shifted like with him and towards him. And he, I swear to God, since that moment, it was like the next day when I was with him, I was different with him and he's a different kid. Like, like it was night and day. <laughs> like, and, and, and I'm not, I have to like give this um, disclaimer that like, so basically since that day, I feel like he really did start thriving. He turned around, he was a different kid because he could feel that my energy towards him was so different. And I think he felt seen is how I would describe it. Like he finally felt seen and like appreciated by me. And, and our whole family dynamic shifted. And like, since that till age five, he just started like really thriving. And I want to say like, he had to get reassessed at age five. Right. And technically they were like, we don't see a trace of like anything, like nothing, whatever. And I'm, I, I do have to say, like, when I share that story, it's a disclaimer that like, I'm not saying that like any kid who's on the spectrum or is diagnosed with those things, it's like, solely because of the parents and their energy. And like, you did this to your child. I'm not saying that at all. And there are many kids who absolutely are like on the spectrum need support and you know, whatever, that's great. Um, but for us, like it was just a huge shift in like our entire family. My, my husband also like got out of that whole depression. Like for him, he said it was like smelling salts when I told him that like, we could just choose something else. And he was saying like, I would have never, that would have never crossed my mind. Like, I didn't think it was, not, it was an option. <laughs> like, I just thought I had to keep going down this road. Um, so yeah, ever since then, it was like, everything just turned around. Wow. I mean, and I really believe that we have these soul contracts and I really believe like, it's possible that your son came through at that exact time to be that spark for the transformation that you got to have. Like, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And I really resonate. I mean, I don't have children yet. And at the same time, as you're speaking about this experience, I, I feel like you're describing me and my, my marriage that is no longer, um, like yeah. it really was, it was like a moment that I felt like I woke up and I was like, I don't, I don't need to do this anymore. Like yeah. there's a different way. And yeah. I, I think that that is you know, I get asked all the time, like, Sam, how do you change your life? How do I make a difference? How do I get out of like this thing that I'm feeling? And sometimes I feel like people get so frustrated because I'm like, it's literally a choice. Like you literally yeah. get to, to, to say like, I am no longer available to feel this way. And then what's the action I get to take right. to move myself forward, or at least just shift the energy, not even forward, not positive or negative, but simply make a different choice to feel yeah. something different. Yeah. It's like, you get to, you make the decision and like, you get to opt out of certain things. And we think that that's not even an option, you know? Oh, totally. Totally. And 
Yeah. So before we get into then the next chapter of your life and this, this next chapter of you being an Akashic Records channel and this, the businesses that you have now, what advice do you give to new moms? Like, I'm just so feeling for everything that you're saying. I'm around a lot of women that are moms that are new moms that are just, they feel like they're drowning. They feel like they're not doing a good enough job. They, they, everything that you are saying, I know they are feeling or have felt at a point in time. So given where you are now and the amount of work that you've done and, and the evolution that you've experienced, what are your biggest tips, your biggest, biggest advice? Ooh. Yeah, that's a good question. A big question. I mean, technically there's so much I could say, but I think, I just think my number one thing would be like, like you get to define it, you know, like you get to define motherhood because there's just so much. And I feel like this bleeds into just womanhood period. Like, and this is again, so fitting. We were just talking about this, how we're recording on international women's day, woo-hoo, about like, just in in terms of being a woman, it's like, you just say woman and there's like all these boxes and like rules and like things that come up. It's so rigid around like what society has defined for us already. Like this is how you need to be as a woman. And then that totally translates to motherhood. And I feel like when you become a mother, it just compounds that (laughs) because you're like, oh, now it's not just me. Now this is like, I'm making all these choices that impact an entire other human being. So I have to make the right choices but like, there literally is no such thing as a right choice. There's only like right for you. There's only right for you. And like the minute I realized, like I get to fully define what motherhood looks like for me. And it is in a lot of ways different from like traditional things I was taught. Like I have beat myself up for many years over the fact that like, I fucking hate cooking. I hate it. (laughs) Like I love food. Don't get me wrong. I love food. I hate cooking. I am just not very domestic. Like I hate all the housework. I don't want to clean. I don't want to do any of those things. (laughs) I'm very business-minded or I'm very just like, I have all these outward things and like ventures and creative things I'd rather be doing. And like, that's very opposite of like what we were taught a good mother looks like, you know, she's supposed to be naturally nurturing in those ways. But like, I also have learned that I am very nurturing in my own ways and that can look very different. Like there are many hundreds of different ways to love and hundreds of different ways to nurture. And like, that's what you are as a mother. You know, you just love your child and you nurture them in your own special way that you were like born to do in this lifetime that way. And so allow yourself to like drop any, I think you could start by like dropping any shoulds, like any time that word comes in your mind, like question it start questioning it and just think of like, where did that come from? Like, why do I feel like I should do that? Why do I feel like this should look this way? And then when you start to like pick it apart, you realize it's like really based on nothing. You know, it's, (laughs) there's like no real substance to what it's based on. And we were just told that. Mm. I don't. Yeah. And I mean, and this is something that I do. I, I feel like I support women with all the time is this. I love that you said stepping out of the box. Like I am like burn the motherfucking boxes down. Like yeah. that's where I am at this point in time, um, where I'm just like, no, box. <laughs> no, no. Like there's a reason why women are angry. There's a women why there's so much like rage and fire inside of women is because I feel yes. like we feel the pressure to be in these boxes that just, they, <clears throat> they're constricted. Like we're literally in cages for no reason. No. Yes. And by the way, women are like, we are like the most multifaceted beings we can be a hundred different people in one. 
So the fact that we are trying to squeeze into one is so anti, so opposite of our nature. Um, and yeah, I always hear that line, like people have said of like walking a tightrope, like that is what it feels like a lot of times. We're like on this really narrow tightrope that we're supposed to walk, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So that down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question just for me, because as someone who doesn't have children, and I know that we also have a lot of listeners that are, haven't had yeah. children yet, but they want children. What do you say to someone like me who will one day want children to ease that transition? Because I know like the women that listen to this podcast, they're all like me, like we're all like go-getters, we're ambitious women, we're powerful, we're multifaceted, you know, multiple businesses, like loving life, bold, doing all the things. And I'm hearing the, like, literally everything you said about being a go-getter and having motherhood slow you down and all of those things. I'm like, okay, so how do we ease that transition? (laughs) I know, God, that's such a good question. I'm actually so glad you're asking that because I don't feel like people talk about that enough. There isn't, in general, there isn't enough conversation and like support, I would say, around easing that transition for every mother. I mean, it's life-changing. It's huge. Um, I mean, what I will say is, and this is what I've spent the last maybe year, especially last year doing, if you can start to do this now or sooner, if you're not a mother yet, I highly recommend it. (laughs) But like, I just think every woman needs to like relearn how to be in our feminine flow and like what the fuck that means, you know, because, and it's flow, it's called flow for a reason. And so there's so much like forcing, there's so much like hustle, like, thank God to me, grind culture is dead already. Like it's dead. (laughs) I'm done with that. I don't want to fucking grind anymore. It doesn't feel good. You know, like who feels good doing that? Men don't feel good doing that either. So, um, I just think there's everything about learning what feminine embodiment means, learning what our divine feminine energy is. Um, and yeah, it's almost like I had to completely retrain myself. Um, so any, I just, now I highly recommend like any sort of that work, like feminine embodiment, um, because it's just learning to like be in your flow and learning to receive. Cause that's another thing as a new mother, it's so hard for so many of us to just receive support, support that we like desperately need that based on history, like we had always had until modern times, you know, like there was a reason that there was a village and a community we don't have that anymore. So So yes, like, please ask for help, you know, when you need it and accept it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I just think that overall plays into so many of the challenges that we feel is like that we have to keep going. There's no rest. (laughs) And then like not being able to fully accept or ask for support too. I I love, you're literally like speaking everything that I already teach. And I gotta say, I I was just in... um, I was in San Diego this past weekend with a Navajo shaman and ceremony and some like really wild things came up for me that I, I have been slowly starting to share as it's, you know, integrating. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of this like feminine energy and this embodiment and this flow and like literally so many of these themes have been so present for me in my life, especially in the last couple of weeks. Like I have noticed this urge to be in dresses, to have my hair down, to really, you know, I structure my days, but creating space to allow for flow so that it's not just wake up at 5am, do this, do this, do this. Like even my workouts are shifting. Like, I'm like, I want to be at my dance class. I want to be, you know, more in that space. So I love that you're speaking into this because it is so real and present for me right now. And I think that this is really where 
we as women, we get to go again, stepping outside of the box. The box tells us like even these personal development books, most of them are written by men yeah. with these structures that do not speak to the nature of women, the cyclical yeah. nature, the, the ability to feel all the highs, the lows and every color in between. So yes. Yes to the divine feminine energy. Yes to the embodiment practices. Yes to learning to receive. And I always joke with women too about learning to receive. Like you start that when you start dating someone. Like when I was on my um, <laughs> dating journey, when I was like doing all the dating apps and stuff, I would literally like teach myself to receive, to allow this person to pay for my dinner. Like I would have to sit on my hands. I would have to like bite my tongue because I just wanted to be in control and I wanted to like, you know, whatever. And so I, I really see this as a theme for women in general in the last couple of years and, and yeah. specifically for me, um, as well. So thank you for speaking into all of that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. And like one side note I'll share based on what you said is like, I also noticed that too. I was like thinking back to my dating days where I did, I was able to just totally let go of the reins and like, let the guy take care of things. And like, that felt really good. <laughs> like I was like, and so like recently, I think last year or so just after COVID, you know, it was very tense times. Like our kids were home forever. Um, <laughs> and so of course it was like stressful on our marriage. I just feel like I just, it wasn't anything huge, but it was just this, like the most distance that I had felt in a long time, like for valid reasons. And, but I, what I realized was I caught myself in our relationship at times where I was like, Oh, I get it. I'm like micromanaging like him. And a lot, we do this all the time. Women do like tend to do this. Like we want the control or like, Oh my God, it's not going to happen if I don't like say something. So I realized I was like, Ooh, I'm micromanaging him. And like, that is not hot. Like, how is that ever sexy? It is the least like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh my God. Yes. I'm laughing over here on mute. Right. Like if you're being micromanaged, like, is that hot? Like, are you like, <laughs> so I was like, Oh, I get it. Like, let me just like, and I just like took the hands out and I was like, you know what? It worked when we were dating. I thought back and I was like, you know, there was that whole period we were dating where like, he just took care of everything mostly. And I was like, it worked for both of us. So I kind of like went back to that. And the second I like did that and my energy shifted, like we kind of found our way back to each other. Like we got much closer and I realized like, oh, like this is more the, the balance of energy that there needs to be. And it's not, mm-hmm. again, it's a balance. Like just because you're not controlling everything doesn't mean you have no control. It also doesn't mean you have no power. It's actually, it's the total opposite. I would argue <laughs> Yeah, it's powerful to like trust and let mm. go. Well, and also to trust them that they are going to be able to hold the container for you. Yeah. Like if we don't give them the opportunity, how can they step in? How can they yeah. be in their full masculine? 100%. And then it's like, that's what we want technically, but you're right. We don't give them the space or the opportunity to. Yeah. Oh my God. So good. Okay. Well, I want to come back to your story. I feel like we could go down like 8 million rabbit holes, but I want to come yeah. back to, so this is the beginning of your spiritual journey. You're like leaning into your divine feminine and, and really experiencing this next version of yourself. So talk to us about the Akashic records. What are they? What does that mean? I know that we have some listeners that are like, I'm so curious. I actually get a lot of questions about my spiritual practices, which I don't share a ton about. So I feel like, of course, you're the perfect person to start to dive into some of yeah. that. So talk about the Akashic records, what it is, what that means. And we'll just go from there. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. So I get this question a lot and it is pronounced Akashic records. <laughs> a lot of people are like, I don't even know how to say what, whatever you're talking about. <laughs> um, yes. So the Akashic records are 
technically defined as a metaphysical or energetic library that um, is a record of every event, every thought, every emotion that has ever occurred. Like somewhere in this realm, it is like all stored, right? Um, which sounds like a little overwhelming, but what I think is super cool is every person has their own individual Akashic records. Um, so it's just a record of your soul's entire journey, like past, present, and future lives, as mind-blowing as that is. <clears throat> and even beyond that, I will say that like pets, pets can have pets have their own Akashic records. You can even open Akashic records for places. Uh, yeah, <laughs> places or events, like since the birth, like since let's say an event like begin, that's like the birth of it. Like that's, you can go into the records for things like that. Um, so it's pretty fascinating. And what I also think is super cool is sort of the keepers of like your individual records is your spirit guides, your spirit team, your guardian angels. It's like whatever you're comfortable calling it. Um, but we all do have these guides. And so it's kind of cool. Cause when I, I say like a prayer to open, to access and also close the records, but, um, when I'm in there, it's like, I'm really communicating with your guides. And so a lot of times people, people like to go into the records just to ask about their guides, like to create more of a relationship and a connection and like ask who they are. And that's always fascinating to me to see who, who's, cause it's like anything from ancestors, animals, like, um, all kinds of things <laughs> show up other beings. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's the definition of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how did you get into that? How did you realize that you were a channel? How did you open that up? Um, yeah, you know, I think about this a lot and I think that I honestly think this is why this is part of my story is so that I think it can encourage others to know that this is available to you and it's accessible to you because I didn't do this my whole life. And I think there's this conception that like, oh, if you're an intuitive, you're just born that way and whatever. And like, yes, of course, we have certain traits that like everybody's kind of better at certain things or like more attuned fit for certain things. So yes, I would say I was always just an intuitive perceptive person or like tuned into energy and stuff, but I was never like a psychic or whatever. And people kind of think that like, that's just who you always were if you do this work. And I just think more and more these days, like that's so not true. This is available to all of us and you absolutely can access your own records. Everyone can because they're yours. Like this is your soul's journey. So of course, of course you can. <laughs> so I just want to start by saying that. Um, but yeah, I first, I think I first came across it from shout out to my, one of my mentors, um, Caitlin Meek, who is really talented. Um, and she introduced me to the records probably like five or six years ago in the beginning of my journey. And even when she opened mine, I actually like kind of had no idea what she was really doing. <laughs> But she like tapped into immediately tapped into a past life. So like people also can go into other lives through it. Um, and then I sort of like, you know, when I think she, I had somebody like maybe she went into my records a few times. I had like another a couple readings. And then maybe like a few years after that, I tried one time actually to go into mine. And nothing really happened. And I will say there's like, there's different prayers technically to access the records. And there used to just be like one traditional one that I feel like almost everyone used um, by Linda Howe. She's kind of like the go-to, been like the go-to. She has a whole book. Um, I forget what the name of the book now, but like, that's what you know, most people used. And I will say there was just something about her prayer that like never a hundred percent resonated with me. Just like the wording of it or something. I was like, mm. so I tried that one and like, 
nothing really happened. And like, that's fine. A lot of people try for like months or years or it takes some time. Um, <clears throat> and then I didn't touch it. And then I guess at the end of 2020, I started like really, for lack of a better, better term, like things felt like they were just, were just sort of awakening in me in terms of like my messages were just getting stronger, like my intuition, like my connection to my intuition. I was like getting messages more clearly about like, do this or like, look into that, you know, just like breadcrumbs of things. And I'm trying to think I was following, um, Ashley Woods through the line podcast. Um, and she basically was like taking us on her whole journey of her discovering her records as well. And so I had been listening to that since 2019 and like following along. Um, and then I think at the end of, oh, actually, sorry, it might've been the end of 2019 or something. Anyway, I got the hit to join a um, Heal the Witch Wound workshop, which for me at the time was like pretty out there. <laughs> I mean, just the name, like it forces you to like really confront that, right? It's like, yeah, I'm going to take a Heal the Witch Wound workshop. Like what the fuck? Um, <laughs> But side note, that's really funny. I remember that it was like on a Scorpio full moon that I was like deciding to sign up for this. And this like random, there's this random black cat in my neighborhood that I only ever have seen like in my backyard occasionally, like he'll just show up in my backyard. And like that day that I was thinking of signing up, I like opened my blinds and he was just like sitting in my backyard, just look, just staring straight at me though. Like, like just looking at me. And I literally heard like, are you going to sign up for this thing or not? It's like, I was like, what is happening? This is too weird. So anyway, I signed up for that and that definitely helped. And I kind of got the message then that like, I spent several years going to many readings, like tarot readings, like just tons of them. And for me, it was therapy, Like I've always viewed it as therapy. It's just using different tools. Um, and it's always felt very sacred to me. Like, I know some people do it for fun and like bring people. But for me, when I get a reading, it's like, very close, like communion with like my spirit and God, like it's very personal. Um, <clears throat> and I got this message through that workshop that they were like, um, you know, it, this has been a beautiful part of your journey, like going to having all these readings, but it's like, you're like standing outside in the cold and the dark, like trying to talk to us through a window when like, why don't you just come in and have tea with us? Like, <laughs> like they were like, you can hear us and we can hear you. And I was like, like that was told to me in the workshop by one of the mentors, like running it. And I was like, like, that's the message she was getting. And I was like, no, I can't like, like, I was like, that's absurd. Like, I can't, no, I can't hear you. Like, um, but that kind of like kicked off an inkling of that. And then I think I had continued to listen to Ashley Wood's podcast. And then I think in the middle, like, um, okay. So a couple like a month or two after that, I started getting these messages to do Qigong in my yard, like just literally 10 minutes a day. And it really shifted my energy. Like it's, it was something very simple, but like very effective. And I was doing that. And as I started doing that, I started just noticing that I was just starting to kind of like receive messages, like, like when I was doing it and I knew that it wasn't me because like the way that they were talking or the things they would say, is just like, not the way I would say it. Or like, you know, you can just tell when it's like not coming from you, your own head a little bit. Um, and like the trees started talking to me. I know that sounds a little, but like there were two times when I just looked at a tree and like the second I looked at it, I heard like, I am you, you are me was the message that kept coming from them. And I was like, and it happened with like two different trees. <laughs> and I was like, that's interesting. So I started receiving and then I just got the message when it, during one of those days, like they were like, open your records, open your records, open your records. Um, 
And Ashley Woods at that time, as I was listening to her, she, a, a new prayer channeled through her. And as soon as I heard that prayer, that was when I was like, oh, like now I really want to go into mine because I think it just resonated. Like something about the frequency of that prayer was different. And it really spoke to me. So I was like, okay, I want to try to go into mine with that prayer. And so I got that message, like open yours. And so I was like, okay, like <laughs> I felt like kind of full body chills. Like I was having all these sensations and I just like, I was like, okay, I just, I have to do it now without thinking, like, don't hesitate, just do it. And I, I ran in the house was like looking for the prayer. <laughs> I was like, where's the prayer. And then I sat and like, as soon as I said it that time, I just like tears, like I just started crying as I was saying the opening prayer and it just felt like a coming home. And like, as I was saying it, I could just feel the energy that was, it was so loving, like so loving. And the way I always talk about the records, like the frequency of it is it's, it's just pure, like love and it's healing. Cause literally just being in the records alone is healing. It's just healing energy. <laughs> um, so I just felt that really strongly. And I got this beautiful message from them the first time where they said, um, they were like, just, we just want you to sit in this frequency for a minute and like, get used to it. Like start feeling what it feels like and get used to it. And they said, it's like, you're learning a new language, a language of feeling. And I thought that was so beautiful because it is, it's like, it's subtle. It's being still enough to like tune into the subtleties. And they're things that I think we normally just write off, even though we all like kind of feel these things or get them. We just think it's nothing. Um, and it's like, again, tuning into our feelings, which I think is very different. And for me, that was new, like someone who lived from my head all the time. Like, I just have to think it out and like, think it through. Um, and I really avoided my feelings. Like this was very new to like honor my feelings and let that actually guide me. Like that is how they communicate through me is, is, is feeling whether it's like emotional or even physical feelings, right. Sensations and things. So I just share that because I also think it's beautiful. And I think it goes for anyone who's like wanting to tap more in to this work or just, just tap into your intuition. It's learning a new language of feeling. Like, I really think that's it. Mm, oh my goodness. I, I'm glad you answered that because I was going to ask you, does it like, do you feel like the Akashic records provide healing or is it more for clarity? But I, I love that you answered that already. And I also love that you brought it back to, this is what anyone can do. Like you tapping into your feelings, your intuition. It also like, I'm bringing it back to the beginning of your journey is creating the space to slow down. Yes. Creating the space yes. to just slow, truly slow down. And I'm seeing that right now. I have um, a group mm -hmm. program called the full out mentorship and we're in um, a lot of shadow work right now. And we're literally like removing the layers. And I mean, it is, we're going in, like, this is the, the deepest we've gone in, in any of my like group containers before. And I, I'm literally getting messages from the girls being like, I, I feel like I'm moving through an awakening. Like I'm feeling like my intuition mm -hmm. is going crazy. And I, I'm like, yeah. I'm shocked. And I'm like, hell yeah, sister, let's fucking go like welcome. And so yes. I really, I love that you have it, you know, you're mirroring that back to me in your own journey is, is creating the space and that opening for yeah. your intuition, the divine, whatever, you know, anyone feels comfortable saying for that to actually come in. Yes. And I, I love that you brought that up as well, because that is an important point that they absolutely 100% go hand in hand is the shadow work and your psychic gifts and your intuition, by the way, that is literally like the road to it. And I had been, like I said, all of this 
came through at the time that it did after technically kind of years. And it doesn't have to take that long, but like, whatever, that's just what my journey was. But like, I had been doing a lot of shadow work and a lot of self-healing work for years. And I had to clear out like a lot personally before I could even get to that point where like my cup was sort of clear enough (laughs) to start receiving. And I also got that message years ago when I was, when I had my baby and I kept trying to force you know, the forcing the work, like, I'm just going to make time and space for my work. And no matter what I did, like the universe was like, no, you're not. (laughs) No, you're not. Like every time I tried, it was like hitting, like slamming into a brick wall. Like I would just get like bounced back. And it was like, nope, like you're going to sit. And like, I needed that space to do that deep sort of inner work to actually look at all that stuff. So I'm so glad you brought that up because it's a hundred percent goes hand in hand. Mm, Yeah. Thank you for that. So I feel like we could talk for like eight hours more because there's literally like so many things that we could do, but, but I I do want to bring it back to like, what advice do you have for women right now today that want to be their fullest expression of themselves that want to call in their partner that want to make the money in their business that want to feel fulfillment and freedom. What, what is the advice or the wisdom that you, you would share with them? Well, I mean, I, well, I kind of feel like technically it's what we kind of just talked about and that leads like perfectly into it because it, for me, like everything boils down to facing yourself. Like it is, it's just about that deep inner work. And I feel like that was such a big part of why 2020 happened and why we went through quarantines and COVID and like all of that forced us collectively to stop and like pause and like face ourselves. Like there was nowhere to hide. Like you were really confronted with like all of you, you know, um, the parts that we probably didn't want to look at for years, but that is, there's just nothing more like powerful and empowering than that. Cause when you do that, like, and you really, you take like ownership and responsibility for that and stop like blaming people and stop being a victim to like all of your circumstances, you can do anything like all the things that you want anything you want. And I receive this message over and over and over just countless times in the records. They constantly say, this is like, when you do that, I mean, you're limitless. Like it is infinite. The potential is infinite and literally anything you desire is possible. And anything you truly desire from your heart space, I'll say not from like ego, but like something you truly on a soul level desire is there because you're meant to have it. (laughs) So it's like, it is literally your destiny. The reason you want that thing is because you're supposed to have it. Um, and that is just like the vehicle, I will say, like these desires we have is just the vehicle for you to do this deeper work <laughs> of like having more self-love. And it does all like kind of boil down at the end of the day to a lot of self-love and self-compassion. And it's sadly one of the hardest things I think for us to like really look at, um, to like really love ourselves. <laughs> which sounds crazy, but you know, we've all been through some trauma or certain things and that makes it hard. Um, but all of it is about healing at the end of the day. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, girl. (laughs) Where, where can people find you? Uh, Um, so the best way to find me is on Instagram. I am at the shift dot is is. So the shift dot is, um, 
and yeah, all my stuff is there on my, in my link tree, like my bookings. If you want a reading, I have all of my offers, um, detailed on there and yeah. Yeah. And you do them, you do them over zoom. So like literally anyone can book with you, which is really amazing. Yes. I love it. It's all virtual. And I've read for people in like Australia, Germany, like Canada, all over. It's amazing. So cool. So cool. Um, and then my last question for you is you are in an elevator ride. You're like from floor zero to floor 11 and someone is in the elevator with you and they're like, Ruby, how do I live my life full out? What do you tell them? Oh God, such pressure. Um, (laughs) um, be 100% you at all times. It is all about like your authenticity you are the fucking gold. You are the secret sauce. So like everything is through you and it's about being like true to you in every moment. And you're again, unstoppable if you do that. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Joe Harvey. Have a fabulous day and I'll see you next time.